Okay, so everybody can go to sleep. The National Sleep Foundation, I did some research this week. Um, the National Research Foundation says that you really need eight to nine hours of sleep a night. That's what they, that's what they recommend. And I'm going to go through this, and as we go through this, you can maybe understand uh, why that is beneficial. We don't often talk about sleep. Um, we may talk about those who sleep in Christ, but we don't often talk about physical sleep. The Bible is full of issues of uh, physical sleep, uh, and we're going to talk about some of those today. But I want you to think about this. If, and the average American gets 6.4 hours of sleep a night, 6.4. The Sleep Foundation recommends that you get 8 to 9 hours. If you roll this out over a period of time, just in a week, for example, if you're getting six and a half hours or 6.4 hours of sleep a week, at the end of that week on Sunday, you will be eight hours short of what is required for recuperative sleep or sleep which is beneficial. Now, if you stretch that out over the year, you are looking at probably one and a quarter or three quarters months of lack of sleep and we've we've come to a place in our culture where we're so busy even as christians we're busy and uh, we let things get on us As a matter of fact one of the one of the greatest inhibitors to sleep is stress how many of you are stressed in your life okay well i'm going to tell you stress is a big factor um, National Sleep Foundation, Dr. Neil Cavi said this, stress causes insomnia by making it difficult to fall asleep and stay asleep, by affecting the quality of your sleep. Stress car, uh, causes hyperarousal, which can upset the balance between sleep and wakefulness. So when we talk about stress in the life of a believer, what we're talking about is anxiety, Right? Because when we're anxious about things, whatever happens in our lives, what's going on in our lives, it causes anxiety. So when we go to bed, we are anxious and revved up, and we never let our bodies calm down. And we never get to a place where uh, we, have free, we are free of anxiety. Now, let me share some of these. Some of these I already knew because I'd researched it earlier for this series. Um, but there are some dangers to not sleeping, medical dangers to not sleeping. One is high blood pressure. The other, in the extreme case of long, per, prolonged periods of insomnia, you run the risk of heart attack. Now that tells me God knew what he was doing when he invented sleep. A second thing, depression. People who are not getting recuperative sleep slowly and eventually will wind up being depressed. A lot of that is the psychology of sleep. And we looked at that in the first series. A third problem is your skin ages much faster when you do not sleep. That I did not know. And uh, looking at all the, the sleep statistics, skin aging faster 
because we are not sleeping. And again, when we go back to look at our sleep cycle model, which we will in the second part of this sermon, you'll see how this plays out. Number four, memory problems. That's because when you sleep, the mind, if you will, is defragging and moving items around in your brain. It's just like your computer. So when you are sleeping, you can possibly lose those memories if you are not getting the full eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Number five, weight gain. Weight gain happens because as you sleep, your body is actually burning calories. This, this was one I didn't know about, um, but scientific fact, weight gain. Number six, judgment is impaired. How many of you have pulled, I remember times I would pull all-nighters in Bible college and studying, and the next day I'm like, <laughs> judgment's impaired. That, that kind of stems out. So these are, the, I think, the top six dangers of not sleeping. And the number one, I think, high blood pressure. And here's something else to consider. Now, I realize some of these are medical conditions that are not connected to sleep. But I want you to think about something. Every one of these are treated with some type of medication. High blood pressure, medication. Heart attack, medication. Depression, medication. Skin aging, how many of you people put lotion on your hands? And uh, all of these are as a result of not sleeping. Now, I'm not saying they would all disappear if you sleep, but I wonder how much it would help if you did. So, how do we get, and I've talked, in the first sermon I talked about, we've been go talking about dreams and I just think it would be a good point to come now and talk about sleep. Since you're dreaming, it has to be predicated on something, and it's predicated on sleep. So um, in the first sermon, I, I defined a dream. We went to Job 33, and we talked about what a dream is. Then I presented two uh, examples of dreams where God is speaking, uh, the life of the Apostle Paul. And then I, I sent a warning last week that we're not to get carried away by our dreams and not to focus so much on those, but just to trust God. Now, the question is, uh, Pastor, you stated that, you know, sleep is important. There's, there's, you're supposed to get eight, nine hours sleep. Well, how can you get a good night's sleep? Well, I think one thing that you can do is realize that God never sleeps. <laughs> God never sleeps. In fact, he guards us. Now, the psalm that we're looking at right now, Psalm um, 121, is a song of ascent. Um, and the song of ascent would be sung as these are the foothills of near Israel, uh, near Jerusalem. And so uh, as the people would march towards the temple, they would sing the songs of ascent. And of course, you can see it's kind of arduous here. Uh, some of these places are quite rocky where you could possibly slip and fall. And so uh, as these Israelites would march to Jerusalem, the Feast of Weeks, the Passover, as they would go to Jerusalem for these celebrations, they would sing the song, the songs of ascent. This is one of the songs that was sung. And by the way, 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth in verse 2. That latter part, who made heaven and earth, appears in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. It's a very popular song. Matter of fact, verse 2 is the most quoted uh, uh, psalm uh, by scholars, by anybody that studies the Bible. It is quoted a lot. Now notice what the psalmist says. He will not let your foot be moved. You see the image here. As they're walking along, they realize that one slip, um, twisted ankle, broken ankle, could be problematic. But he says, he will not let your foot be moved. Mem vav tate. It's a mouthful. Mem vav tate. To be moved. Means that God will not let you stagger or slip. Now, if we put this in the context of sleep, how does that help you before you go to bed? If God is not going to allow you to stagger or slip, that should begin to remove some of the anxiety that you have. Psalm 37, 23 says this, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. As we focus on God... God will protect our steps. So whatever it is you have going on in your life right now, whatever it is that is causing you anxiety, remember this, that if you love the Lord, it does not matter what direction you go, God will guide and guard your steps. You can take that one right off the table because what Satan wants to do is he wants to make us as ineffective as he can for the kingdom of God. And one way to do that is to cause Christians to worry and wonder about the path that they are taking or if this is the right way to go. If you love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and all of your strength, he will guard your steps and you can rest easy. Cause of anxiety. The solution here is just to say, He will not let my foot be moved. He who keeps Israel, he goes on to write here in verse 3, He who keeps Israel will not slumber. Keep, shamal. Love that word, shamal. And that word means one who guards. So, you have here a situation where you're, you're, you're getting ready for bed and you go, wait a minute, God never sleeps, so I'm okay. I'm all right. Because God is guarding me. By the way, this is Veterans Day. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. A Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. There is never a point in any 24-hour period where there is not a guard guarding the tomb. It doesn't matter if it's a downpour. It doesn't matter if it's snow has packed all over the place. It does not matter. There is always a guard on that tomb. So when we think that God never sleeps, this was one of the first images that came to my mind. God is always guarding you. So when you go to bed at night, think about God will not let my foot slip and God is watching over me. He is guarding me. Therefore, 
in light of that fact, because God never sleeps, then I can probably go to sleep. <laughs> I can focus on that. Noon vav mem. Noon vav mem. Slumbers. And that's the word for drowsy. So God never sleeps and he never slumbers. God is constantly guarding us. Uh, I know sometimes in our lives it feels like, particularly when we're going through hard times and, and times of anxiety, uh, we have a tendency to think, um, God, can you wake up and just look at what's going on? God's not up there and he's not going, oh, what happened? To, what happened here? What happened? That's, no, 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 no. God is awake. He is alert. He never sleeps. He's always watching you. He's always taking care of you. He's always guarding you. And so as believers, to know that God never sleeps can also help in the realm of anxiety. Secondly, not only does God guard us, but he's always awake. You say, well, you just said that. Yeah, and I'm going to say it again. Behold, he who keeps Israel, and we've just looked at that word keeps. It means one who guards. That word behold basically says, look here. It's like trying to grab attention. Look, I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you something, trying to tell you something. He who keeps and guards Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You know, as I thought about Israel, God is guarding Israel too. Did you know that? I, I love this photo. Israel's iron dome. It's the hand of God. Now, I want you to think about something. Whenever you're anxious and wherever you're, you've got anxiety in your heart, I want you to think about the nation of Israel. And draw, your, draw your eyes back to this. How many years has this little place called Israel been overrun? And think about the culture in which Israel exists today. There are cultures that would love to take Israel out. But the problem is they have to get through God first. Israel has always been protected by God. And will continue to be protected by God because Israel is God's chosen people. Those who align with Israel will always be favored. And you think about all of these other places, Iran, Iraq, with, that would love to come in and overthrow Israel. They cannot do it because God is protecting them. And if they all rushed, which they haven't done, God would still protect them. So if God has been protecting the nation of Israel for thousands of years, do you think he can take, take care of you? He can protect you. He will never sleep. He stays awake. He takes care of you. He watches over you. And the psalmist here writes, He will neither slumber nor sleep. And that word sleep refers to an altered state of awareness, which is what we used 
earlier in this series to define a sleep state for a dream. So God never sleeps. Have, have you thought about that? What, what is the longest that you've ever stayed up in your life? I think mine was like a day and maybe three quarters of the next day, but eventually out. God never sleeps. That's, that's an apologetic for God. God never sleeps. He'll take care of you. So, if God never sleeps, I should feel secure. Right? Even when I am sleeping, which God created sleep for our benefit. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 4. Turn with me to Psalm 4, and we're going to look at the last verse. Trying to get out of here in case you guys decide to go to sleep. Talking about it. Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. This psalm is actually closely linked to Psalm 3. And if you look at Psalm 3, verse 5, you'll read this. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. And then if you look at verse 8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me, sleep in, or make me dwell in safety. Most scholars believe these are related. Chapter 3, or Psalm 3, is actually a morning prayer. Psalm 4 is an evening prayer. So they, re they relate these two psalms to the same incident. And in this psalm, David cries out to God. Anxiety. David cries out to God, O Lord. I am being mistreated. There is injustice. Things are not going well. And then David goes through in verses 2 through 5, talks about the injustice and all of this anxiety, and he gets to the end of it, and he goes, but I will sleep in peace. Why? Because the Lord is making him to sleep in safety. Now, he talks here in, in 8a about peace. Let's look at this word for a minute. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. Peace is the word for shalom. Shalom, in a lot of cases, refers to inner tranquility, but not here. Did you know that shalom can also refer to blessings? May the shalom of God be upon you. Did you know that shalom can also refer to physical health? May the shalom of God be on your body. But here, it doesn't refer to any of those, because it's a hephile verb, and hephile and 
All of these different verb tenses changes the meaning of the word. Here the hifal verb means free from danger. So when David says in peace, he is saying in a place or a position which is free from danger, I will lay down and sleep. Now I want you to listen to this very closely. When you are a born-again believer in Christ, you can claim the peace of God before you go to bed at night. You can. It is the shalom peace of God that God says no matter what is going on in your life. David had a bunch here, and in, in Psalm 3 had a bunch going on. There was a lot, of, a lot of things that could have kept David up at night. But David says, in peace, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. Try this tonight before you go to bed. Read Psalm 4, verse 8. So if you're having trouble sleeping, remember that God never sleeps. He is always watching over you. It could possibly even change the way that you dream, too. Because if you're going to bed restful, you're, you're, you're going to, excuse me, you're going to bed without anxiety. I wonder if that will alter your dreams. Because I do know if you go to bed worried about something in your dream, you're going to worry. It's going to be something about worry. Now, I tell you, I have wild dreams. <laughs> I'm the wild child, I guess. I have a lot of wild dreams. Had one last night, and I was, like, really tired when I woke up. But <laughs> um, I have wild dreams. And I know some people don't, you say you, you don't dream. Yes, you do dream. You just don't remember it. However, Also, free from danger, Psalm 91, 10, and 11. No evil shall be able to befall. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. Knowing that God never sleeps, I think we can... And whatever we're facing in life, and I know some of you are facing a lot, some of you are facing not so much, but it's still moments where you're anxious. Start claiming this. I'm not, I'm not the name it and claim it type preacher, but I'm telling you this. There are some things you can claim in Scripture. And David has, if you go back and you read Psalm 3 and 4, you, you can see a myriad of things that could possibly bring anxiety. Shove that all off. Just say in peace, free from danger, because my Lord and my Savior is watching over me. I will lie down and I will sleep. I think we started the series with this, and I want to go back to it just to remind us of some things. This is the sleep cycle. And it's been proven pretty accurate. So here you have, when you first go to bed at night, about 5 to 15 minutes later, you wind up in phase 2, which the heart rate slows down, the brain does less complicated tasks. This is actually preparing. This is, this is God's way of shutting us down 
so that we can get to the more important matters of sleep. We, we, after we go here, we're about another 15 minutes, 15 to 30, you get into what's called the delta stage or the non-REM sleep. Right here, right here is where your body begins to repair itself when you're sleeping. If you've got a cut on your hand, during that period, neurons and everything are firing. And they're going down and they're attacking areas where you need to be healed. Think about it. If you never make it to this realm, can you imagine what would skin? You see that, right? Skin, you're not healing up. You're not, your body doesn't have the opportunity. From here, you move over to uh, st stage four. Uh, stage four, the body temperature is reduced. The blood pressure, uh, uh, actually the blood pressure decreases and goes, goes down. Uh, so your, your body, after this repair system, begins slowing down. Then you get to the area which I, this is all of God. This is all of God. You get into what's called REM sleep. And in that first cycle, in the REM sleep, which is called rapid eye movement, the heart rate and breathing and blood pressure go up. It's in those moments that God can speak through dreams. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor, I don't remember any dreams. Well, because this continues to cycle through the night, this area gets longer as the sleep progresses through the stages again. So by the time you get to the last REM cycle, for those of you that dream, you know this to be true. It, I believe it's scientific proof. Uh, when, when you wake up, you remember what you dreamed last. And the reason is God has decided that that is the best time for the vivid dreams that you have. It is the best time. So like when we looked at the Apostle Paul, he was in the final REM cycle. I didn't say this during that sermon, but he was in the final REM cycle because when he woke up, he said, I have to go to Macedonia, right? Didn't hesitate. He said, I'm going to go to Macedonia. That was that final REM cycle, the last cycle of the night in which you remember your dreams. You're dreaming before this, but you can't remember it because the dream started at the beginning of a sleep cycle at night. Even though you dreamed, it was kind of, pushed out but then I, I think God uses as he repairs the body and gets us to a place I believe God uses this moment this last cycle of the night to speak to us if he has something to say every dream that I've ever had that I've known that God has been speaking to me it was in that last moment when I woke up and I told my wife I've got to go forward into the ministry God has called me I immediately woke up. The Apostle Paul immediately woke up and said, I have to stay here for an additional time in Corinth. I can simply not be convinced otherwise that this whole system, and I know we've put labels on it, but this whole system was designed by our Creator. 
and science has finally found out what God is doing and has been able to label it. This is fascinating. And you, you, you can really understand how God is messing with the, with the blood pressure moving up. This is after activity. Of course, your body has to slow down, right? I, I find this fascinating. It just proves to me that God knew what he was doing. Man didn't, you do, you do realize this is not man's invention, right? And if you go back and you look at the Bible and you look at all the dreams that took place, he woke up and immediately wrote down the dream. It was that last dream cycle of the night. Like, and like I said, I, personally, I get some wild dreams. Yes, I do. I get some wild dreams, but I tell you what, not all of them are from God. When I woke up last night, I'll just share this with you. When I woke up last night, I was on a long journey. I still remember the streets and stuff. It was a long journey. I woke up before the journey was over, but it was a long journey. God didn't speak to me about that. Maybe I'm worried about a journey. I don't know. But I will tell you this. Sleep is important. It's as important as you going to work every day. Yashin. Yashin is the word for sleep. This is what the little word looks like. Yashin. Rest. That's what the word means, rest. Um, I started thinking about this this week. It wasn't from a dream or anything. I just started thinking about it. And I, and I thought, well, there's a lot of different rest in the Bible. There's eternal rest. Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and get you that you may be where I am. Eternal rest. For those of you that have trusted in Jesus Christ, the moment that you pass from this life, you go to be directly in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rest. There's also spiritual rest. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we take all of our anxiety and hard problems and difficult situations and we give them to Jesus Christ so that we can rest. Thought about another rest this week and it was emotional rest. Psalm 62.1 For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. I, my soul, will be quiet. There's a spiritual rest that comes over. And I'm not talking Eastern mysticism. I'm talking about a rest that the world does not understand. An emotional rest. And you know what? 
I think if we don't get it from God, he gets it from us in our dreams. Something's got to happen with that anxiety. God may get rid of that during a dream or during the last cycle of the night to get rid of it. Now, I realize I've had nights when I've gone to bed and I've been really anxious about things in my life. And I can tell you four or five times I, I laid down, couldn't get to sleep, couldn't get to sleep, couldn't get to sleep and was basically up all night. Of course, it didn't work so good overall the next morning. And it was like, wait a minute, who's in control of my life? Okay, I think I'll go to bed tonight. <laughs> Maybe a little bit early. Yeah, emotional rest. What about laborious rest? On the seventh day, what did God do? He rested. What does God command us to do? Rest. Your body needs rest from laboring. So you workaholics out there, you need to take a day where you chill. You need to spend time with your families. Go out and do something fun. Relax. And then there's sleep rest, which we're looking at right now, which your body needs. Do you know what I started realizing about rest? The Christian life is one of rest. Right? When we don't rest, and I'm guilty of this too, when we don't rest, is it an issue of lack of faith? Or lack of trust? Because what I see here is, and it's just, these are just a couple. But when you go back and you look, <laughs> Paul says it this way, we were once enemies at war with God, but when Jesus Christ came in, Peace. Brothers and sisters, God invented rest for his children. So when we're, when we're struggling, when we're fighting, I think maybe in some of those times, it could be that we are not trusting God the way that we should. Because what I see is, it's not an easy life, I get that, and you're going to have problems and, and struggles, um, but ultimately, isn't salvation in and of itself the biggest rest God gives us? I, even in my own life, wonder about when I'm not any of these, does it stem from my lack of faith that God is not only awake, but he is watching over me, he is guarding me, is keeping me I just thought that was fascinating and like I said I could go on and on and on about this but you have to go home and go to bed so <laughs> safety God never sleeps so rest in him for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. 
Badod is the word alone that means only. I think it, it goes back to verse 7. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when in their grain and when their wine abounds. I'm not going to trust in the grain and the wine. I'm not going to trust in my own. I'm going to trust in you and you alone, O oh Lord. How many of you here today are trusting only in God? How many of you struggle with that? Let's be real. All of us at times do. O oh Lord, one of my favorite words, Yode Have. Yode Have, the one true God. And the word dwell is yashav, which is a hephile verb, which means to settle. Actually, God puts you in a place where you dwell. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if maybe some of you guys in the back can't see this, but this was a shelter that we built out in the, out in the woods for that survival weekend. I was survivor man. Well, it was only a weekend, so it wasn't anything to brag about. But we went out, and there was about 12 of us, and we built this shelter in about 20 minutes. It's actually a one-man shelter. And when you're building it, you put the leaves back in here so that when you get in, you can push the leaves up and block the door. The instructor that, that taught us how to do this said this, believe it or not, will protect you to zero degrees. And he said, you'll be warm and snug. And we had one guy, he said, I'll go in it, I'll go in it. So he got in there, and we closed him all in, and we went, <laughs> he said, wow. He said, it was dark, and it was still daylight, you could see. It was dark, but he said it really felt isolated and comforted and warm. And we finally got him out. This is, God will give us a place where we can dwell in the bask of his warmth, his love. By the way, this is, I realize that, that this is temporary. Do you know what, brothers and sisters? This is temporary too. And God will move us to a place where we can rest in Him. And it's always a place of safety. You say, well, Pastor Mike, what if something, what if something horrible happens and you die? You go to be with Jesus. This is not our home, folks. Our home is beyond this, what we see. We are destined for heaven. But for now, God keeps me safe. So no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in your life, rest. Go home tonight, and when you go to bed, read Psalm 4.8 and claim the shalom peace of God and say, I am going to trust God. I would, I'd just be curious. I'd be curious to hear some of your stories. If you do this tonight, go get your good night's sleep and then come back and tell me about it. By the word, uh, the word here, safety is bata. 
which means a feeling of safety and security. I guess I've been told those that have a home alert system, alarm system, sleep much better than those who don't. Well, let me tell you, you've got a home alarm system from heaven. God is watching over you all the time. Never stops. Even when it feels like God is not. And I felt those times. I get it. Let's land this. I like what Peter Craigie said in his commentary. Psalm 4 offers no theoretical solutions to the problems of false accusations, oppression, and injustice. It offers rather a kind of therapy. Prayer. For however strong the accuser or oppressor may be, ultimately it is only God who matters. And however deep the anguish and uncertainty may be, God can provide the inner peace which makes sleep possible. Because God never sleeps, I can rest. Let me tell you as your pastor today, because God never sleeps in your life, you can rest. 